Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Well, good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? Merry Christmas. And we just are so excited that uh, we get to celebrate Christmas Eve this evening. Buena noche. Buena noche, buena. Yeah. And um, you know what I meant. And um, what an incredible, incredible night. Wasn't, wasn't that worship set and Christmas set just amazing? Man, I sent a, a group text to, to the team. I said, man, that's probably my favorite worship set. It was so, so, so good. And um, I just loved it. And, you know, Christmas time is a, is a great time for, for us to sing songs. Christmas is a, a great time for us to gather with family. One of the things for our family is we, we try to establish Christmas traditions. Anybody else have Christmas traditions? And we have those traditions. And we, we've got, you know, different traditions. What, one of them is, you know, we, we have candles at Christmas time all over our house. And uh, because how many of you know, like the candle store, from, my, from what I've heard from my wife, is that, you know, the candles go on sale around Christmas, and so we have like every scent going on in our house. You walk into one room, it's candy canes. Another room, it's gingerbread. You go into another room, it smells like Christmas tree. And so by the time you've walked around your house, you're kind of nauseated. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like pretty intoxicating with all the scents, but but that's like a tradition for us. We, we love to eat all kinds of food, and we love to go look at Christmas lights, and one of our traditions every Christmas is to do that, and drive around the city, and look at lights and it's funny because this year um we've loaded up in the car several times to go look at lights and um you know we we google where are the christmas lights in miami right and so uh miami herald and sun sentinel um have posted like addresses of different places so the first time we went this was like three nights ago we went to go i think it was friday night to go look at christmas lights and so we've got the addresses and we get to the first address and there's no christmas lights so then we get to the second address, so we, that was in Pinecrest, and then we go all the way down to the Deering Estate, and we get all the way down south, and there's no Christmas lights. And so then we drive to this other location that we've been at for years, and there's no Christmas lights. And we spend two and a half hours looking for lights, and we cannot find Christmas lights. And so Sunday, yesterday, after church, four services, two locations, we are like, we are going to find Christmas lights. And so we found some addresses in Broward County. Because we're like, man, something's happened in Dade County, man. I don't know what's going on, you know. And, and so we load up in the car. We stop at Starbucks. And then we get dinner up in Broward County. And so now we're sugared up, caffeined up. We have, we're fed. And by this time, it's like 930 at night. And we drive all over Broward County. And I'm like... Where did you guys find this address of these lights? And we go back and it was dated 2014. And so we're like going off with some old information and, and we just laughed so hard because it's like a Christmas tradition for us. So what we did is we found like this, this really um, rich neighborhood that has like this big entrance because we're like, we know like, you know, you know, the, the mega mansion people, they're going to, their entrances are going to have Christmas lights. And we found like this grand entrance with all of these Christmas lights and, and we couldn't get in because we don't have a gate card. You know what I'm saying? But like we get out of the car, we're taking pictures. How bad is this? You know, I'm just like next year, we're just going to Santa's Enchanted Forest, you know, and, um, but traditions are amazing. And, 
You know, as we have traditions and you have traditions in your family, you know, Christmas is a time where I think it was last year, if not last year, the year before, we realized that we've been so busy doing things and even doing traditions that did you know that it's possible for you and I to be near each other but not be with each other? And even in our be near each other but not be with each in our families. Because you know in the holidays, it's easy to be near each other but not be with each other. You know, it's Thanksgiving, you know, our family gets together and everyone loves to watch the football game. You could be in the room watching the football game, cheering, and you could be cheering together. You could be near each other but not with each other. And this year, we just wanted to determine that, you know what, we don't want to just be near each other. We want to be with each other. We want to engage with one another. We want to we want to just do life with each other. And I wonder at Christmas time, if it's not also easy for us to be the same way with God, that we can be near God at Christmas, but are we with God? You know what I mean? It's like, we can even be in church, and in church like this, you could be near God. I could tell you, I could feel the presence of God during worship. I don't know about you, but I could feel like I could feel the presence of God in this place during worship. But you know what? You can be near God and not be with God. And you know what? Sometimes you can be near God and feel God, but wonder, I don't know if God is with me. You can hear the Christmas stories. You can hear a pastor read the Bible verses, and you can hear that God is near us, but is God with us? I want to read this verse to you. It comes to us in verse number 21, and it says this, and she will have a son, speaking of Mary, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, and all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will give him this name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Did you know at Christmas, this is the greatest gift that God can give mankind? Because God could still be God and be near us. Come on, are you with me today? He could still be God. He could still be good and be near you and not be with you. We spoke about this yesterday because how many of you know we, we're, we're hurting people and we're sinful people. And so for perfection, which is God, to be around imperfection, it would be easy for God to say, listen, I, I want to be near you, but I don't want to be with you. Because to be with us means he gets involved in our stuff. He gets involved in our mess. He gets involved in our insecurities. Come on. He gets involved in our failures. But God loved us so much that he said, I don't want to love you from a distance. I want to get all up in your business. I think there's a song that says something like, you know, God is watching us. I think it may be Bette Midler. I forget how it goes. But he's watching us and he's watching us from a distance. And let me tell you, God is not watching us from a distance. No, God is near you right now. He is so close to you right now. And if you're here and you're like, I don't feel God. Listen, all you have to do is just in your own way, in your own words, say, God, I need you in this moment. I surrender to you. And God will fill you with his presence this year. But God doesn't just want to be near you. Oh, he wants to be with you. 
That's why he took on the name Emmanuel, which means this. God is with us. I want to give you three things out of this verse Christmas Eve. Number one is this. We find the first truth in this verse is that God will save us. I love this verse because it says this in verse 21. And he will save his people from their sins. You see, God saves us by forgiving us of our sins. It's important that we understand that this baby Jesus that we're celebrating tonight, he did not stay a baby. He did all stay helpless, but he grew to be the savior of the world. He grew to be the only person who has ever died and risen again and paid for our sins. He conquered every struggle you'll ever face. He conquered your greatest enemy. I don't know what you're facing in your life. I don't know what obstacle, what situation, but let me tell you something. God has already conquered Satan. He's already conquered death, which means that there's nothing that you cannot conquer. That means that there's nothing that you cannot overcome. Because your greatest enemy has already been defeated. He saves us from our sins. What does that mean exactly? Three things. He forgives us freely. Which means this. You cannot do anything to earn God's forgiveness. He gives it to you freely. Now let me say this. Free does not mean cheap. Like in our culture, free means cheap. Like... Our neighbor put out this piece of furniture out, out by the curb, and he put out this like this wood thing, and he said, free. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah. Nobody wants that, because it's broke. Nobody's going to put that in their house. In our culture, our day, if you're going to give something free, most of the time, it's because it's broken, it's because you don't want it. But with Jesus, cheap did not mean free. Jesus was the ultimate price. He was the highest price. And he said, I'm going to give the best and I'm going to give it to you for free. Isn't that so hard to imagine? I mean, honestly, when we think of our our sin and how we can be to think of free, but he forgives us freely. The second thing is God forgives us completely, which means this. Have you ever heard someone say, I forgive, but I'll never forget? God says, not only will I forgive, but I forget. So if I don't hold your sins against you, then neither should anybody else. He forgives completely. Is there anybody here tonight that's just thankful that he forgives us completely? Like he's just like, why are, you, why are you still talking about your mess ups? I'm not. Why are you still talking about how you blew it back in 2014? I'm not. Why are you still thinking about what you did before you knew me? I'm not thinking about it anymore. I've forgiven you and I've forgotten about it. I've forgiven you and I'm not even thinking about it. I've forgiven you and you're free to live a new life. Number three is this. He forgives us not just freely, not just completely, but he forgives us instantly. So good. Pastor, that is so good. I know it's so good. That's a good point. I know it. Because forgiveness is instant. With you and I, forgiveness isn't so instant. You know why? Because we hold on to things. And and I don't want to even make that sound like condemning to someone that you're having a hard time letting something go. Because I understand. It's hard to forgive. Sometimes. But God says this, when I forgive... The minute you ask me to forgive you, boom, it's done right there. You don't have to pay a penance. You don't have to drop an offering in the offering plate. 
You don't have to go to confession to some pastor or a priest. No, no, you come to me directly. And when you come to me, it's done right then, right there. It's forgiven. It's over right here, right now. I love that with God. So because of Christmas, because of Jesus, he will save us. Number two is this. We see from this verse that God is with us. I don't know if maybe there's somebody that's here tonight and you deal with loneliness. I've known the strongest men who deal with loneliness. I know the most successful women who deal with loneliness. I know the most popular people. I've known people so popular that are, I've known celebrities that are, that are lonely. There, there are pe- loneliness has nothing to do with the people you have around you. It has to do with the condition of how you view your own life. But I want to let you know something. Even if everyone around you abandoned you, Scripture says God is always with you. It says this, he sticks closer to you than a brother. It says this, that I will never leave you or forsake you. He says this in his word, that there's nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God. God is with you. Come on, say that. God is with me. Come on, God is with me. Number three, the last thing I want to give you is this. Not only is he with you, not only does he save us, but Christmas reminds us that God is for us. God is for us. This weekend, I looked around at, at packed services all weekend. We brought out every chair that we had. And, and, and this weekend, as I've, I've stood on this stage and at our Kindle location and just looking at thousands of people, the thought that has just come to my heart was, God, it is amazing how you are just for us. And you're not just for some of us, you're for all of us. You don't have a preference of who you love more. You love all of us the same. I want you to hear that tonight because sometimes we can develop a mindset that maybe God loves some people more than he loves others. That's not true. He loves us all the same. Yeah, but I don't look as good of a Christian or act as... No, he still loves you the same. Let me tell you this. The worst of us in this room, he loves you as much as he loves me, the pastor of this church. There is no one who has ever breathed that he loves more than anyone else. Do you know why? Because he's for humanity. Christmas reminds us that he is for us. That is so good because here's what that means. That that if God had a calendar, he would circle your birthday on it. If God drove a car, he would have your name on on a bumper sticker and he would put it on his car. If God had a tree, he would carve your name in the tree. That's how much he's for you. In fact, he did carve his name on a tree. It's when he lived and he died and we took this gift on Christmas and we killed that gift. And he had the opportunity to say, am I going to fulfill my mission that I began on Christmas? He could have called angels, but he didn't. He could have had his father rescue him, but he didn't. The reason why we have the cross, the reason why there is a cross above the you belong here sign, and the reason why that there's not a figure on that cross, the reason why we don't portray Jesus on the cross is because that empty cross is our symbol of salvation. That empty cross is a sign that he paid the ultimate price. He carved your name on a tree. He carved your name for eternity, and he knows your name. He knows your address and he says I love you so much why why would God
God do that? Because he is for us. He saves us. He's with us. And he's for us. He's your protector. He's your provider. He's your everything. And it all began on Christmas. So we're going to do something. This is a tradition that we have. We're going to light some candles. And one of the greatest things, if Christina, if you would come up, and we're going to light our candles. And do you have a candle? Does anyone, did anyone not receive a candle? If you did not, raise your hand. And our host team, our dream team, they're going to serve you real quick. They'll just keep your hand up. They're just starting to make their way right now. If you didn't receive a candle, and what we want to do is, I want to ask everyone, would you stand up to your feet? And the team's going to go ahead and start turning off some of the Christmas lights and the Christmas wreaths and all of the exterior lights and stuff. And so they're going to start turning those off. And as they do, this candlelight service has become so powerful and important to us because it's so symbolic that Jesus came as a baby at the darkest time in humanity. It was dark politically. It was dark historically. I mean, think of the days that they were living in that the governor of the region put out a decree because he wanted to stop Jesus from being born that all babies be murdered. So they're going throughout the city, knocking on door to door, and they're murdering baby boys all over the city. I mean, mean, just put yourself in the Bible story. Imagine if that happened in our culture. How horrible that would be. The cries of the mothers just scream. I mean, what a dark dark time evil evil ruled culture evil ruled society it was in the winter months it wasn't in the summer it was in the darkest time of the year and god said this i'm going to send my son in the darkest time of humanity because right there in that little town of bethlehem there's going to be a light a light in the darkness here's what i want to invite you to do would you would you bow your heads for a moment close your eyes I want to invite you to think of the life now when I say tonight that perhaps is the darkest area of your life now when I say that what I mean is this maybe it's the place where you have the greatest fear maybe it's what gives you anxiety or stress maybe it's a business deal that you're like man if this doesn't close I don't know what we're going to do Maybe it's an issue with your family, your relationship. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe you're scared of getting your finals, your grades coming in. I don't know what it is for you. But I want you to think of that area where you need Jesus, the light of the world, to be born into your situation. Come on, would you do that? And as we do that, would you turn the rest of the lights off for us? And I want to ask our staff if you'd come up to the front and we're going to light the candles. All right, you can turn these off up here. As they begin to light the candles up here with the staff, I want to invite you just to get out of your seats and find someone else, maybe that's next to you with a candle that's lit and you can light your candle.
God would bring light to your darkness and that this Christmas you are going to see victory and strength and freedom like you never have before. to darkness around you. I want to pray that for you, Jesus. Tonight, I just thank you for my friends that have gathered here tonight. I thank you for every person that is in this room. And God, I pray that the power of Christmas, the light of the world, Jesus, you, that you would just take power in our lives. And God, I pray that you would bring light to our darkness, that you would bring freedom, God, in our lives, that you would bring peace, and that you would bring joy. God, that you would bring strength, Lord, that you'd bring unity to families. God, I pray that you would just cause us to bring change to our community, change to our city, and we thank you for this light, this hope that we have, because light equals hope. And as long as we have the light of the world in our life, we have hope no matter what. So God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for you, Jesus. Thank you for coming on that Christmas morning. And you came on a mission. You came for one reason, and that was to die on the cross for our sins. And we thank you for that gift. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We want to say thank you so much for being here. I want to remind you, next Sunday is going to be incredible. Don't miss it. Bring somebody with you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. You can blow out your candles and have a great time with your family. God bless you tonight. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.